Shalane. And this is Jenny. Are you okay? <laughs> I just clotheslined myself on my headphones. I'm sorry. Hey, welcome to Oh Girl. <laughs> this is the Halloween edition. <laughs> That's right. Woo! I did. I, you know, I could say that my uh, my headphones were haunted. I don't know. Maybe it was like a ghost <gasps> in the room trying to get me. I don't know. But welcome, everybody. Sorry about that. That was really funny. Um, welcome, welcome to Oh Girl. Uh, and once again, we are recording for all of our friends out there in podcast land. But also, you're going to be able to catch some clips of this on our YouTube channel, which Shalane will uh, graciously tell about in a minute. But if you want to see me, you know, yank myself into oblivion it may be on video so you can go and watch it um but where can they where can they check that out and everything else shall <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah it's on there it's on there yeah so basically what we're gonna do first of all let me just back up just a little bit so on instagram and on facebook it is O girl podcast twitter is podcast girl and podcast girl i believe is all together there isn't separation and um emails oh girl podcast at gmail because we like free stuff but definitely not least the youtube channel so last week um what i did was i took a piece of the video so cute um but it's just a, a you know just a little clip and then of course to hear the whole entire episode into spotify um our podcast podcast uh, Google Podcasts or anywhere else where you listen to your favorite podcast. Better be on your list. I'm just saying. All right, Jenny, that's it. Yay. Well, um, mm-hmm. if you can't already tell, we have a guest back. We are bringing Heather Dobson back today. Woohoo! Yay. She is our favorite paranormal investigator. She's been doing this for about 13 years. Um, she wrote a book called, wait, let me show you. Uh, this is Memoirs of a Future Ghost, which I read, and you can tell, made notes because it was so cool. And tomorrow, the second of her trilogy drops, and we got an early uh, uh, copy of it, Recollections of a Future Ghost. Yay! Yay! So welcome, Heather. Hello! Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. Yes, so glad to back. have you back. I'm I so excited. You, yes. So... Halloween is our favorite holiday, right, Shalane? It totally is. And so yes. we need to celebrate appropriately. So we need to celebrate Halloween. So we have a Halloween-themed drink. We also need mm-hmm. to toast our good friend Heather and her new book. So, Shalane. Yes? What you drinking? <laughs> All right. So it is definitely a Halloween-themed drink, and this will definitely deliver. We have Jack the Ripper. I mean, who wouldn't want that drink? That just sounds cool, Jack. So let me tell you what's in this. All right, four ounces of Jack Daniels, a half fresh squeezed orange, two ounces of cinnamon simple syrup, and two tablespoons of salted caramel, which I like because you've got that, you kind of have the sour and sweet and mm, sounds good. I'm like frothing here. Shake until frosty and serve with salted Caramel rim. Okay, that's not Jenny because we all know what no. happens when, we, when she tries to I rim know. her drink. I know. <laughs> and if you want to, let me see. So just to give you a little bit of background of the how to make the cinnamon simple syrup, say that three times fast, is one cup water, one cup sugar, 
five cinnamon sticks. You want to go ahead and bring your sugar and water to a boil in a medium saucepan. When the sugar has dissolved, add the cinnamon sticks, remove from the heat, and then you want to allow it to steep until the mixture is cool. Remove the cinnamon sticks and store in the fridge until it's ready to use. But that sounds so good. So I'm just going to go ahead and raise a glass to Halloween, to our guests, and every everyone else that is celebrating Halloween with us. So cheers. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Cheers. That sounds delicious. Very, very delicious. Mm -hmm. I know. It it kind of reminds me of a little bit of our blind squirrel where there's there's the whiskey, but then we got the cinnamon and the orange. It sounds yeah, so that's why it's very delicious. So cheers, everybody, cheers to Heather to your new book. Cheers to Halloween. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so today we are talking ghost stories um, and talking about Heather's book, but we finally are going to unveil, we thought we'd wait till Halloween, to unveil a lot of our listener stories that they sent in. We want to start, Shalane, with, um, it's not a ghost story, but it's something, it's it's the reason why one of our very good listeners loves Halloween so much, Shalane, do you want to share? Yes, okay. okay, so um, this, this is Mary Pulliam, um, she is amazing she's like a super fan i mean she's a she's also one of our essential workers so when the pandemic hit she was out there you know in her scrubs doing her thing so we love her but hers is definitely halloween associated okay um she conceived her triplets on halloween in 2009 and she said they are cute but this doesn't even look like her. Because I was like, you look like a kid yourself. <laughs> but yeah. she says they, yeah. are, they are 11. They're 11 now. She says, it was just coming off the full moon cycle. My husband at the time was home from work because it was Halloween. If otherwise, this is when gas prices were nearly 6 to $7 a gallon. So he couldn't afford to drive home. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> this is... I'm looking at these pictures and I'll definitely post them on our social media, but they, they are the cutest things, but wow. <laughs> so, so Halloween. Also, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. I also want to talk about, we've got some famous people, well, famous to me anyways, Halloween babies, right? So we got my dad. My dad was born on Halloween. And to this day, he never really told me what year he was born. So I really don't know. I think he's immortal because he's always, he's always been 65. I'm like, dad. You were like 65, 10 years ago, seriously. <laughs> um, and we also have, let me see, we have Becky Jones. She is the girlfriend of Scott Spillman. She is also a Halloween baby. And um, if I missed anyone, I'm sorry. But if you are a Halloween baby, go ahead and surely make sure that we'll get you on there. All right. Shalene, you have a, a ghost story from one of our listeners, William. Yes. All right. Now, William is one of my Roger Rangers. I love him. So um, I want to just go ahead and tell this story so he says one night I was sitting in my living room and my wife was back in the hall typical husband I wasn't paying any attention and heard the front door handle turn down and I saw it move it's like a sideways paddle type handle that turns but then my wife comes out I asked her when she came in from outside because I thought she tried to open the door she said she hadn't gone outside so I freak out thinking someone just tried to come in our house. I look out the peephole and no one is there. Then my wife yeah. says the handle won't turn if someone tries to, hand, uh, tries to open from the outside. 
Me refusing to believe her opens the door to show her it would. The outside handle is just the one where you press down with your thumb. So of course, when I press it down, the inside handle never moved. While my wife just said, well, guess we need some holy water. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's hilarious. So he saw the door. Yes, turn. Like, Move, like more but south. Was locked. So, yeah, yeah. Heather, <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, so that means that whatever was turning that door knob was inside the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you said he was watching TV, right? So what that tells me is whatever he was watching, whatever was in there wanted to leave because it didn't like what he was watching. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, because clearly, because if it had happened because something was outside trying to get in, I'd be like, okay, that's raccoons or, you know, something yeah. else that, you know, has little hands that can grip and pull down. <laughs> that's interesting. That's definitely like some poltergeist, intelligent haunting stuff. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. But the thing that's just kind of weird about this is that if I'm reading this and understand this correctly, mm -hmm. that door her the door handle turn down, like the handle, the way it sounds to me, like it's one of those ones that move north yeah. south. Mm -hmm. But the wife says it doesn't move like that. I guess mm. it's just one of those that you just push the tab yeah, and you open. So That's I don't know. Yeah, weird. I, I still <laughs> it didn't like the TV selection, so that that's yeah. What I was probably like watching Matlock, and he was like, "I gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> thanks, yeah. thanks, William, for your story. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm excited about this one because this is from one of our friends that works in Sonoy. Um, told one of the stories. She used to call the ghost Gertrude. We don't know. We we just made that up. We don't have like we don't know who it really is. Um, but she used to call her Gertrude, and Gertrude was a very picky ghost because she liked things in certain places because you would put something somewhere and if she didn't like it you'd come back in the next day and it was moved mm -hmm. so she didn't she was very specific about where like shelves could be and stuff on the shelves and whatnot one year for Christmas they had these little old wooden like vintage toys that were hanging on the Christmas tree and Nikki's grandson who I think was three or four at the time she, he was little um KK um mm -hmm. shout out he was on Walking Dead too so anyway uh you can he, he liked to play with the toys and so after the Christmas stuff came down, they left this one toy out. And it was this like game where it was a um, like a board with circles in it and a hammer and some balls. And, and the balls are supposed to sit on top and you're supposed to just tap them through. And the right size ball goes through the right size hole. And it was just these wooden things. And he would play with this thing and the balls would go flying because they'd roll out the bottom and just go. And so she like tried to build a barrier around it to keep him from rolling these balls all over the place. Because again... This place, like, it's it's not an even floor, so things are rolling off that way, and, like, there was, like, cracks in the floor and rolling under stuff, and so one day, it was about time for him to go, but he hit the green ball through, and the green ball disappeared, they saw where it went in the back of the building, mm -hmm. and they saw where it went, and she went back to pick it up, and it wasn't there, and she mm -hmm. looked everywhere for this damn ball, and it was gone, like, right in front of him, it disappeared, she's looking for the ball, and so she, and he was upset, because he lost you know, she's like, don't worry about it. I'll find it. Sent him off to where he's supposed to go. She put everything away. At the end of the day, she looked for it a couple times and kind of forgot about it. At the end of the day, she walked to the front of the store where you lock the front door and you turn the lights out the front and then you have to walk out the back to um, get out. And uh, 
right next, wait, I got to remember where it was. Yeah, right next to the front of the door, she went to turn the lights off and the green ball just started rolling across the floor <gasps> at her. Oh, that's cool. Oh. And she was like, uh, you fucking kidding me. So she you know, picked it up and put it back. But she was like, I was in the back of the room where he, he was playing all the, Shalane, you know this building. You've been in there yeah, many times. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was back by the back door where the porch is, and she was at the front door, and that thing rolled out from nowhere. And, like, she didn't That's see creepy. where it came from. Yeah. And so every cool. time he, right, when he played with the game, the green ball would, like, roll off and disappear, and then it would just show up later. And she asked, one day she just asked Gertrude if she liked the green ball and she picked it up and, um, you know, put it back. And then every time you played, the green ball would disappear and get found wow. later in, in a different place. Yeah, that's neat. That's really cool. So, yeah. So I don't know who she is. We don't know if it's a she or a he, mm-hmm. um, but something's chilling in that building is all I have to say. So... <laughs> I never heard of that story. Yeah. I, that's so sweet. I wonder, yeah, did, cool. did, I mean, did Nikki ever say that, you know, KK had a friend or, you know, saw something or? No, he, no, yeah, no, I don't think he, she ever said that because a lot of the times it would be just like stuff getting moved mm. and it was not really like the only thing that happened in front of her was that green ball, I think, yeah. but she would just like put stuff somewhere and it'd be like, nope. And, and, and like, I mean, like, now this I can explain, and I will tell you this, like, she would say, like, a shelf would start moving, mm-hmm. and so they would move it to a different spot, and it would hold still, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go out on a limb and be science Heather for a moment and go, the the building was unstable, so right. yeah. Yeah. that, but the ball showing up out of nowhere, to me, that That's makes interesting. sense. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, now there's a funny story that goes with The Walking Dead from that is that that was supposed, that building was supposed to be by the Oceanside mm-hmm. um, location. And so they had set deck this building. It was supposed to be a beach shop. That's what it was supposed to be. So they cleared mm-hmm. our stuff out and made it a beach shop. And so they had sand and shells everywhere, inside and outside. And they cleaned it all up. But for like six months after, every time we swept or vacuumed, we'd pick up shells out of the cracks that came mm-hmm. up. So we kept finding stuff like that. So I can tell you the floor is super unstable. I just don't buy that the ball was in the back of the room and somehow it magically rolled all the way to the front and then rolled sideways across the wooden slats yeah. to Nikki's feet. So that's where I say there was a spirit in there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. That's that's really interesting. Like I wouldn't be able to, not unless they saw it go to the front of the store and lost track of it. And then it rolled later. Okay, well, that's probably vibrations. And But yeah, the fact that she pegs it in the front of the store when it had been in the back, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's but, crazy. And it rolled sideways. Yeah. It didn't roll on the slats. Yeah. It rolled sideways. Right, like the slats, so it's going like this, basically. Yeah. 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 And that's think cool. about yeah. it. This was, it happened, what, at night? Like 5 o'clock. So think about it. There's nobody in the store. It's probably mm. maybe a little darkish, whatever. And then just to see that little ball just, you know, kind of like casually roll out, that would freak me out. That, no. no. I, I, here, here's the thing. I didn't know this story until she told me about it. Like when she was like, do you want me to send the story in? And I was like, hell yeah. I'm so glad that I didn't know that because there's no <laughs> effing way that I'd be in there at night. I didn't like it. Like, okay. Like, let me just, okay, side note, because I'm going to swirl for just a second, I know. This is the building 
that I was in on the tour. Shalane, I don't know. This is before I knew you, but you know the story of me losing my phone, how my phone died. Do you remember me telling you the story? That's in that building. So Heather, I never, as a tour, and you're a tour guide, so you know, mm -hmm. I always made sure because I have a, a small bladder to not drink a lot of water before a tour and mm -hmm. pee like six times so that in the next two and a half hours while I'm walking with everybody, I don't have to go to the bathroom because A, there ain't hardly any place to go and, mm -hmm. and B, there, there ain't hardly any place to go. So mm -hmm. um, I was doing a tour one day and for some reason I had to go to the bathroom so bad I couldn't even concentrate. And so we came into that building and I knew it's not for public use, but there was a toilet in there. And the thing is, it's like, you can tell that they built a false wall, a built a wall in, in the open building so that there'd be storage. And inside mm -hmm. the storage closet, there was a toilet and a sink and it was full of boxes and crap. And I was like, Hey, you guys look around and shop for a second. I'll be right back. And I had to go to the bathroom. So I ran inside and as I opened up the door, a bunch of boxes fell at me because oh. I knocked, I mean, they were empty, but they, that's why they fell as they were loose and the air knocked them over. So I bent over this way to pick up the boxes, the toilets behind me and my phone, because my husband had just given me a brand new case that had walking dead characters on it, but it was really slick. It wasn't rubbery. It was slick. My phone in pressure shot out of my back pocket and into the toilet. Aww. And it was one of and I could feel it. I was like, no! no. And, I'm trying, and I'm trying to catch it and hold up the boxes. And it was too late. And it went into the toilet. My phone fried. Like, And that's I was only halfway through the tour. So I shook it off. And I'm like, please, dear baby Jesus, what am I going to do? And as I'm walking the entire time of my tour, all I could think of is my phone is dying. I need to dry it out. It's going to be too late. And I killed the phone. But it was in that building, too. Now, I know that was not a ghost fault. That was straight up. It was me and my big ass, apparently, that just shot the phone out of the pocket as I bent over. So um, that's that same building. Funny story. Lost my phone. So there you go. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that that building is Jake. So I don't like it anyway. But on top of that, there's a ghost in there throwing green balls around. All right. So let's get back to the topic at hand, which is Heather's book. Uh, Memoirs of a Future Ghost is her uh, was her first. I'm sorry. Yeah, memoirs. Mm -hmm. I get memoirs of recollection. Memoirs of a future ghost was her first book. We had so much fun reading this la uh, the last time she talked. We wanted to talk about it some more, um, and we want to talk about some of the experiences that are very, very close to you. Because last time we were talking about, you know, you do investigate other people, but mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about what happened to you. First of all, what happened closer to you, your mom. So let's right. talk about your mom moved here, and if you want to fill us in on that and what happened in your mom's new house. Yeah, she um, she moved here in 2005 from West Virginia and um, eventually settled into a house. You know, she lived in an apartment for a few years and then settled into a house about um, 10 years ago, nine, 10 years ago. And it was weird because, you know, she was she's like, I think I've got something going on in my house. And the, the hood, the exhaust hood over her stove wouldn't turn off. And she's like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know, go switch the breaker. That's just weird. And it's not like it's all this fun, you know, funky digital stuff. I mean, it's your old style 90s analog kitchen hood, exhaust hood. So she takes care of that. And then she calls me and asks, have you been in the house without me? lately. And I'm like, I haven't, you know, I have a house key, but I haven't been in there without you being there. Well, you know, she had put some decorative soaps on the back of the toilet in her guest bathroom, and those had been moved. Um, she had come home to find 
like a stuffed animal that she had that was, you know, sitting in the middle of the floor upstairs outside the guest bedroom. And I'm like, no, seriously, I swear I've not been in your house. And so then I actually went over to her house and had dinner and the dishwasher came on by itself. Now, this is not a newfangled, you know, dishwasher where you can set a delay or a timer. This, again, old style dishwasher, you know, you, you know, that little locking thing that you slide right. to right. as soon as you do that it pops on and we're sitting there and the dishwasher comes on she hadn't set it or turned you know nothing so it was weird and so she was like and my, my group wasn't getting a lot of investigations because we had just formed and the word wasn't out yet and she said you know why don't you come over and investigate my house I was like all right and so you know I think the most interesting thing that happened that kills me that I didn't, I, I wasn't able to get it on a recording was that I was in the house with two other investigators, a female and a male. And um, Jordan was one of the investigators. He actually wrote the foreword for the second, for my second book. And my mother's house, you know, the, the living room is a two story living room and the stairs go upstairs. So you can look up and see, um, you know, the upstairs hallway, the entrance to her bedroom. And so the other team was outside in the driveway. So they, there was like an entire house between us and the other team. We couldn't hear them, couldn't see them. And as we're sitting there in my mother's living room talking, we hear a female giggle. I think it was a giggle from upstairs. And we all looked at each other like, what? And it wasn't Cindy. It wasn't myself. We were sitting next to each other in the living room. And the only other woman on the investigation that night, Tammy, she, didn't ha she doesn't have a high-pitched voice. She has a very deep, raspy drawl. And she doesn't laugh like a, <laughs> you know, a trittle, you know, a little trill. And so that was fascinating, was, you know, hearing that during the investigation and not having an explanation for it. And so we actually investigated there twice. We really didn't get a whole lot of evidence, but um, she finally had enough experiences that she, you know, did what I told her to do, which was just tell whatever's there. Hey, I, I don't want to be startled. I don't want to be scared. Could you not? And they have an uneasy piece, I guess, or an easy piece where she coexists alongside whatever's there. Is she still there in that house? Yeah, she, she is. Yep. Okay. The there. one that the creepy one was the, the silk flowers or the flowers that were in her bathroom and then they were wrapped around the shower head or something. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. And they had moved, they had been moved to another part of the bathroom and she was like, I don't understand why it would move. And I said, I don't know, maybe your ghost just doesn't like them there. Maybe, you know, just keep them in the new place. I don't know. <laughs> so I just told her, I was like, just think of it as a, as a roommate who's not paying rent. It's fine. <laughs> you have a buddy, you know. And so you kind of just like, that's your kind, your kind of solution a lot of times is just yeah. to like kind of communicate to whoever's in there and be like, hey, kind of like what Nikki did was like, do you like the ball? That's fine. We'll play with the ball. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, you, you, you have to learn how to coexist. And as long as you set boundaries, I mean, it's just like you would set boundaries with the living, you know, hey, I, I don't like it when you scare me. I don't like it when you cook fish and you don't clean up after yourself. I mean, it's the same thing. And so as long as you set those boundaries, typically people learn to live with whatever paranormal is in their house. So like in the movies with all the like exorcisms and all that, that's not something that you no. are 
we don't really recommend it. Well, and honestly, if you, if you believe in the idea of demonic or inhuman hauntings of those types of things, honestly, an exorcism is only going to work for the demonic because an exorcism is bringing down, you know, the, the full power of God upon whatever is there that's evil. Right. People are going to do what people are going to do, whether they're alive or whether they're dead. And what we've found is if you start having exorcisms or blessings on your house, it honestly can make things worse because, you know, when you think about it from a, a perspective of a person, I'm just trying to get your attention. And now you're bringing in a priest. Seriously? Like, what did I do to you? I, I like turned on your dishwasher. How is that evil? I'm just trying to get your attention and let you know that I'm here. So I feel like a lot of times that can make things worse. I mean, if you want to have your house blessed because you just moved in and it's something that you do every time you move somewhere new, that's fine. But right. don't assume that religion is going to fix a haunting. Right. So. Well, let's see. So you ended up with a ghost in your house. Can you tell us yeah. a little about that? And are you yeah. still living there? Yes. <laughs> We've lived here 20 years now. Um, you know. Our ghost is very chill, and I honestly don't have a whole lot of experiences. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the number of experiences I can count on one hand in 20 years, but it's, it's not, even when it happened before I joined my investigative group, it wasn't terrifyingly scary. You know, the first time anything happened, my twins were little, really little, and they were watching a cartoon. And I answered the phone. And typically when I answer the phone, you know, you, you say hello. Right. And if it's a telemarketer, there's always a pause. Well, mm -hmm. I hate telemarketers and I tend to get irritated. And so after that second hello, there's a really nasty hello. <laughs> and so I did that second frustrated hello. And my voice came from behind me and said it again, not in the ear with the phone. It like came from the other side. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. And so I was like, so of course I look over and the twins who are these, who are, you know, two years old and little and not this tall are over on the couch watching TV and they're watching Little Bear. So it's not even an angsty, angry female voice that's coming out of the TV speakers. Hmm. And so... I was like, all right, well, okay, I can't explain that. <laughs> and then, you know, there have been a couple of times where I've seen a shadow or I've heard like something upstairs make a coughing noise and um, I, I can't explain it. And I think the most interesting thing that happened was when I had two fellow team members visit me and I hadn't told them anything about the activity in my house. And independent of one another, they said, you've got something in your house. You've got a woman in your house. Oh. And that was really fascinating to me. And I apologize if you guys can hear my text messages. My kids are blowing up my phone. I apologize. No, I, don't, <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, I don't hear it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, I, I don't know who it is. I don't know if she's related to me, if she's a friend, if she came with the house or the property. I, I'm not sure. How, how old is your house? You know, our house was built, I think, in the early to mid-90s, so it's not that old. Oh, okay. Not that you know, old. It was during that housing boom. Sure, and sure. And so 
and prior to that, this, this area of Woodstock, Georgia was, it was like hunting. It was where everybody would go hunting and hiking mm. in the woods and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really weird. You don't know. I don't know. Well, I wanted, I wanted to give a shout out and mention, um, you do because again, in Tales of a Future Ghost, it kind of ends on a, um, on a cliffhanger that you find out more in the second one um, about you started your own investigation group. And yes. what's the name of it? Paranormal Georgia Investigations or PGI. PGI. And a lot of what the second book is, is talking about their adventures mm-hmm. um, of investigating, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that you do is, um, First of all, you are a you do give tours in Canton, Georgia, which we're going to get in a minute. But you are a lover of ghost tours as well. Yes. And one of the things I read in the first one is like you do what we do when we all what, what we me and Shalane both do when we go on vacation is we go on ghost tours. Um, so one yeah. of my very first ghost tours that I ever took, and it was my dream vacation, was to go to New Orleans. And a lot of New Orleans, um, my dreams were because of cooking shows, because I love food, and because of Interview with the Vampire, because mm-hmm. I love those Anne Rice books. And so I'd always yes. wanted to go to New Orleans and yep. be in that in that romanticized, beautiful you know, architecture, fell in love with the town, and had one of the best tours I've ever had in my life mm-hmm. um, in New Orleans. And it was a, because, and this is why I think I'm drawn to you and your story stuff, is because I want to hear the real story behind what happened in that building that makes you think that there's a, not think that there's a, but you know what I mean? That leads to there being ghosts. And so right, the this first tour, this, yeah, the history of it, she gave, and I don't, I know that you've been in New Orleans too, but I think that in the, in the book, you got a little bit more of a, uh, because there's so many different tour companies there that you got more of a guy that's dressed up kind of a thing. Did you do mm-hmm. that tour? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot of guys dressed up or people dressed up like vampires or like top hats and mm-hmm. uh, voodoo people. My gal was just like in a dress on a bike, parked her bike and off we went. Um, but we did talk about St. Louis cathedral and the, mm-hmm. and the friar. So I don't know if you heard about that one. Heard about that um, one. We did, uh, we did the LaLaurie Mansion, which is one of the creepiest things in my life. I love life. the LaLaurie Mansion. I would pay, <gasps> I would, I would, I wish I could win the lottery and pay whoever owns that to let me investigate. Not <laughs> oh a God. fucking chance. <laughs> uh-uh. I actually will not walk down the same side of the street of that building. Be- and this is why, because now you talk about your pictures and you've talked about how there's lots of times mm-hmm. you can explain, like we talked, like that you can explain away like orbs and things and pictures and that sort of thing um i had the my first vacation in new orleans was the last time i actually had a camera with film like a 35 Mm -hmm. millimeter camera with film and so that's why i was taking pictures with that and um they're like "Ooh, take pictures and let us know we're like okay and so i did i took pictures of like the cathedral at night and there was a bunch of places that we went with some really cool stories and we we're all over the place and I, I took a picture. If people don't know, let me just go back. If people don't know the Lori Mansion story, the Lori, look it up. You mm-hmm. can it's all over the internet. You can read it. Yeah. But there's a window that's boarded up in honor of the people that had died in that building. And so I took a picture up there and the and the um uh I don't know, oh gosh, what do you call it's not a balcony. But it goes to the balcony, like but the, the like widow walkway walk? around the outside, like the widow walk. Yeah, that's or it. I yeah. know there's a yeah, there's a like there's a fancy word for it. That's it. Yeah, that goes around, and obviously 
I didn't see the pictures until I got home and developed them. And all my pictures were fine. Every single picture, even the ghost tour, nothing but just like a picture with a flash, except for the two LaLaurie pictures. And both of those pictures have a red zigzag through them. Interesting. And so I don't care. I don't know what's in that place. I don't want to be a part of it. (gasps) That. That scared the bejesus out of me that I was like, all right, that every single picture was fine except for those two pictures. And that building was scary. So I had the best time on that tour. I learned so much. It was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to, oh my gosh, Shalane, two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was two years ago um, for my birthday. And Ish planned a ghost tour for us all to go. And we had everybody there. Shalane was there. Shalane had not been in New Orleans for a ghost tour. And I was like, we use the same company. I'm like, you're not going to believe this is going to be so great. And we have told the story before Shalane, but it was terrible. Oh no. It was horrible. It was horrible. And (sighs) it started out with, well, our tour guide, she called herself Pandora. Hmm. We're not sure if that's really her name, but it was her outfit. And we have posted pictures of this before, but she yes. was dressed like a mermaid. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. She had like mermaid skin, shiny leggings on. Yes. And a, and a bikini with um, shells glued mm-hmm. on yep. to it. Yep. And this crown headdress <laughs> I don't know what crown that had like little net and shells on it and sparkles it all, yeah um 14 different colors in her hair that have faded out poorly and she hadn't done any upkeep on it um a, a giant backpack and a and then a satchel and two drinks yep oh wow and she did not smell good <laughs> yeah no oh, there was there, oh. there was a lot of aroma yeah. that uh, came off of Pandora and and she didn't tell stories it was really I mean even the LaLaurie story but she 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 didn't tell stories it, it was it was so weird she'd point at stuff and kind of talk and we all were like this is awful and yet we didn't walk away I felt terrible because I felt like we got duped and I got to tell you, I'm not a complainer. I don't, I won't like go to, I mean, now, Shalane, I'm not saying anything. I'm letting you know. (laughs) Shalane, Shalane will complain at a restaurant. She's good at it. I'm not, I don't like to like, unless I really, really am like passionate about something. And I, when I got back from my vacation, cause that was the like third, third night of everybody being there. When I got back a week and a half later, I called the company up and spoke to the guy and said, I got to tell you. And I had to say it. Cause I was like, first time, you know, like 10, 10, 12 years ago. Amazing. Second time with all my friends, it was awful. And he had said that she was a sub that they brought in because they needed someone to sub in and she was not with the company and explained mm-hmm. a lot. And I was like, well, don't use her again, but it was terrible. So I wondered like, what are some, do you remember some like good highlights from your new Orleans ghost other than Lori? Do you remember what your guide told you about? Do you have any, I, you know, honestly, that was in 97. Oh, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. Um, I mean, I remember LaLaurie. I remember St. Louis. And then um, I'm trying to think. 
Did they take you by the Plasta Arms, which is the hotel that we stay at? Um, it used so. to be an orphanage. It's, it's haunted. Um, <clears throat> it used to be an orphanage. It was eight townhouses that were connected with a courtyard. And it used to be an orphanage that was taken care of by the, the monks right next to it. Mm-hmm. it. It's literally right around the corner from the, the church. And um, we didn't know this when my husband and I booked our vacation there for the first night. Uh, we didn't know until like day four that it was haunted. And then we had two incidents that now could be explained because we, we pulled in on a Friday at four o'clock, checked in, wandered around excitedly running around New Orleans, you know, like looking for stuff and came back to take, to cool off and, and change. And while we were in our room, the fire alarms went off in our hotel, which I've never had happen before. And I'm like, whoa, uh, I guess we got to go. Yeah. Now, the hotel is very small. It's a, it's a boutique hotel, but I was like, well, what do we do with our stuff? So I just, I, I grabbed my purse and we were on the third floor out of three, I think three or four floors. It's not very tall. And, uh, we grab our purse and we go downstairs and we don't, there was hardly anyone in the building because I think mm-hmm. they were all out like for the night. And so we walked out and we're like standing in the street. We're like, well, what do we do now? And there was one other person that came out and stood next to us. And I was like, are we the only ones here? And they're like, I guess. And the fire department pulled up and they walked in and they were only in there for about, I want to say, five minutes. And then they came back out and they left. And we're like, well, I guess there's not a fire. And so we went back in and we asked the front desk. And they're like, it happens all the time. And they're like, the fire alarm goes off. We don't know why. And well, there's never a fire. And they didn't say because there's a ghost. They just said <laughs> that part. So, so we were like, wow, that's weird. It must be humidity. The next morning we're getting – was it the next morning? The day, one of the next two days um, – we're getting up and getting ready and we had a bathroom that the sink was outside the bathroom. And then there's a door that had the, the shower tub combo and the toilet, right? The water is here and then the sink is outside and we were all locked up. I mean, all ready to go. And I was like, do you hear that? What's that noise? And I'm like, did you leave the water in the bathroom on? And we opened up the room where the shower was supposed to be. And the, the, the ceiling was pouring water from the ceiling. And it was like a waterfall pouring, like a broken pipe, pouring all over the bathroom. We're like, ah! and we shut the door and it was prayer. So we called the hotel and they're like, we'll send someone up. And so we're like, well, should we just leave it? There's water. And they're like, yeah, just leave it. It's fine. We'll get it. Okay. So we leave. We went downstairs. They're like, he's on his way up. So we come back. We're like, did you figure out what it was? Because we're like, well, clearly someone left the water on upstairs and it's it was flooded. overflowing or something. Yeah. And they're like, no, they're like, it happens all the time. We looked inside the ceiling tile. There was like, the, there's nothing leaking. It's just this water that pours out of the pipe and then it just stops. And I'm like, well, huh? So, <laughs> like, this is normal. Yeah. And so still still won't say because it's haunted so we we go on the tour and find out that in one of the fires because you know there's a couple fires that burned new orleans to the ground and in one of the fires the fire overtook this orphanage and unfortunately i think it killed six there's the number eight is involved so it's either like seven kids and one fryer six kids and two fryers some sort of combo and um the water turning on is the ghosts trying to put out the fire. So the fire alarm, the water, and there's a lot of water related hauntings in this building. That makes sense. Because, and so I've never had, we never saw the spirits again. I mean, and this, I warned Shalane, I said, let me just tell you, it's haunted in here. 
but it's more known to be haunted on the backside of the courtyards than the front. So we've never had any experience with them since, but the first time we were there, we got welcomed with open arms, but I think they're cool with us because we keep going back because we like it. So maybe they're like, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like Jenny said, uh, my husband and I, we are notorious. As soon as we, we, we land, it's like, where's the ghost tour? You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, the, the last ghost tour that my husband and I took prior to seeing Jenny was San Diego because I graduated in 2018 um, in San Diego. So we were like, well, let's take a ghost tour. And this is why I was so disappointed with Pandora because my guy had the, he looked like an old, like he had the top hat and he had like the coat that had like the, I don't know, like um, the shoulders, kind of like a Sherlock Holmes coat where the shoulders come and there's like a flap here. You know, and he had his boots, and he, he he was dressed to the hill. We had this really cool, creepy-looking tour bus that looked old-timey stuff. And, again, we're in San Diego. So what's the, 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 the song that comes out, It Never Rains in California? It rained that day. It rained. So it was perfect. You, you could not ask for a better better uh night i mean people's feet who wore heels they were like sinking their shoes were sinking in the mud and so one of the most interesting um things about that tour was the town the like the little subtown or whatever that we went was like the story poltergeist that underneath in this one little area right next to us uh, the school mm-hmm. is a cemetery where they took this uh the tombstones but they didn't remove the bodies and as we're walking back to the bus, I'm like, so you mean my feet are going into what could possibly be someone's grave site? I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this is what you paid for, you know? Um, we've gone to um, uh, St. Augustine. That was one. We even went to the one. I did not know that Orlando had a ghost tour. So we went to Greenville um, Cemetery where we saw, it's so sad. There's like this one. There was this one cemetery where it's just kids. And so mm-hmm. by the tombstone, you see dolls and bears and like, like teddy bears and like little, um, like hot wheel cars and stuff, you know, it's sad. Yeah. And then there was like a part of the tour where we go by where Ted Bundy was, you know, when they had his, uh, I guess his, his court proceedings. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, I didn't know because of course this is at night, but allegedly on the table, where he was sitting, he carved, I think like Ted was here, something like that. There's a carving on the table. So that's why when I go back to Orlando, I want to actually see if I can go inside because I would love to see that. Yeah, so, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just wondering, how did you get into the Canton Ghost Tour? I mean, um, and, and how haunted how is Canton anyway? Well, I got into it because of Stephanie, who... If you read my books, she co-founded PGI with me. I met her when I started investigating the paranormal. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie, born and raised in Canton, Georgia. And for those who don't know, the, you know, Canton became the seat of Cherokee County because of the textile industry. There was a textile mill in Canton um, owned by R.T. Jones. And, you know, if you wore jeans, if you wore anything made out of denim, you know, overalls or anything prior to 1970 in the Southeast, it was made here in Canton, in Canton, Georgia. They made denim. And so um, her grandparents worked at the mill, all that sort of thing. So she, five years ago, she loves antiques. She's been picking, you know, for antiques and, and, 
that type of thing her entire life. You know, she would go and do it with her father when she was little. And so five years ago, she and her father bought a building in downtown Canton and opened up a junk shop. And actually this last spring and summer during the shelter in place, they literally just emptied out the middle of the shop and put an ice cream soda fountain in the middle. So it's called a cone to pick, meaning, you know, I've got a bone to pick with you. And she sells ice cream and dead people's things, as she puts it. And so when she opened up her shop five years ago, she was like, my shop is haunted. And if my shop is haunted, I know downtown, I know downtown Canton has other things going on. And so she started talking to the other small business owners and they were like, you know, telling her stories of what was happening. And so she came up with a script. And when she first told me about having a ghost tour, I sort of half-heartedly, you know, oh, sure, and I'll be one of your guides, thinking, yeah, that's really going to happen. And the next thing I know, she's handing me this sheaf of paper, like, here you go, start memorizing. (laughs) Oh, my God. So two years ago, we started Canton Historic Haunts. And, you know, it's it's an hour and a half, two-hour tour. We just go up and down Main Street. And there's a lot of stories. I mean, Canton has a lot of interesting little hauntings. Um, and so I, I love it. I love, and, and that's what I love about it is people come in and they're like, I didn't know Canton was this haunted. And I'm like, dude, every town is haunted. You know, I know there are some towns in the United States that claim to be the most haunted town in the country, but yeah. honestly, they're all haunted. Hmm. I mean, if there's right. a history there, there's hauntings there. So, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Do you, do you, uh, a lot, like, like we were saying in our, the tours that I've been on, mm-hmm. they just tell the stories, but are you, do you have the EMF things or do you try and like um, capture things while you're on the tour? Or is it just a, is it just a story It's tour? just a straight up story tour. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't, we don't dress up or anything and, mm-hmm. but we, you know, it's not just, it's not just the ghosts, it's also the history of Canton. So, right. you know, in order to understand the ghosts of Canton, you need to understand where Canton came from and, and her history. And hmm. so, but we also mingle in our experiences as paranormal investigators so that, you know, we talk about, you know, when we're standing in front of the courthouse, it's like you have intelligent hauntings and residual. And we explain what the two different types are. And then we explain that, you know, the courthouse has residual and intelligent. And we tell about those stories. Or when we go over to the E.L. Tippins building and we talk about how we think that maybe what's going on there is tied to the the high electromagnetic fields because the breaker switches for that entire block are located in that building. So that's a very high EM field. So we, we like to put our you know, experiences as investigators alongside what we're talking about ghost-wise. So that's what we bring to our tour. Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. And it's April to April to late October, early November. And, you know, so, you know, our last tour of the season is November 1st and, and then we'll take a break from it and start Mm -hmm. back up in April. So we, we have a lot of fun with it. Chilean, we're going next year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We are. Like, yeah. I, 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 like, I want to go so bad. Yeah. I mean, I, and I know, like, the, you know, the, we don't t- get too political or whatever, but the COVID is bringing me down because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's been taken away. And it is hard. So I'm like, I'm hoping that, like, by April, yeah. you know, hopefully things are better. But, yeah, well, I want to go next year. And the great thing, too, is that, you know, w- you know, when – 
when the shelter in place happened, of course, we, we stopped. We didn't have any right. tours. And we actually right. didn't start this season until June. And so, you know, when the governor said, you know, keep gatherings to a minimum of 10, we were like, well, it's outdoors. We really don't go inside anywhere. So we'll just right. knock the numbers down to nine plus one tour guide is 10. And there you go. Right. So, yeah. So that's what we ended up doing. I mean, the tours are smaller, which I kind of like better. Oh, yeah. me too. A lot more intimate. So, yeah, yeah we, have a lot of fun. we used to have like, and it's funny you say that because as a tour guide, our summer, which was super busy, we'd have up to 25 people in a tour. Yeah. And, and and that's a show as an actor. That's a fun show. You get to do mm-hmm. a monologue for two hours. You have 25 people that are paying attention to you. And it's yep. awesome. And then in the in the winter, um, it would slow down, obviously, from like, no, we would do it. We did them year round. So we did yeah. November, you know, so November, December, it got, and then January, February, get real slow. And you'd be like, oh, there's like, at first I'd be like, oh, there's only six. But then you'd be like, oh, there's only six. It's because yeah. you can talk to them and you can, yeah, you can, you know, it's a different, it's a different, um, it's a completely different, different tour. Yeah, yeah, it's a different it feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, also you don't have to babysit and watch people wandering off and doing stupid things because they're right there in front of you. So yeah. it's, it is a different, it's a different, uh, uh, feel that I like. Um, yeah. I can't wait. I want to go on that tour. I'm so excited that I want to go and, and look at uh, ghosts and history because I love it. Yeah, um, but yeah. now we have, oh, and by the way, I just want to point something out about this, the, the, especially the second book because she starts it in the first book, but in the second book, what I really love that Heather talks about, especially in this one is you do a lot of investigation and you don't get a lot of proof. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that there isn't stuff going on. Right. It's just that I think that if you, if anybody needs to hire a paranormal investigator, pick these guys because they're going to be super honest about what they find and what they don't find. And they can explain, you're talking about EMF and the breakers because there's a story in your book about a building that was like so full of electrical magnetic that it gave people mm-hmm. headaches. Yeah. And they were mm-hmm. claiming that there was a lot of stuff going on and you're like, mm, it yeah, it might be that. So yeah. Yeah. I just love, I love that. I love that. Well, so talking about ghost experience, I definitely want to take this time to talk about some of our own personal ghost experiences. Mm -hmm. And Heather, I'm going to have you comment on them, okay? Yes, I can't Um, wait. um, There was one that happened to me. um, I was just real quick trying to find a name of this particular location because it was when Dina and I first married in 2008. We were in Key West for our honeymoon. And um, there is an old like military, because uh, that's what Key West was. I think it was uh, like a naval military base. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, for anyone who does go, their beach is not what we typically think, like um, nice sand and stuff. It's actually um, kind of, well, not dangerous, but it's very uncomfortable because it's old shells. Mm-hmm. old conch shells and stuff so we're aqua socks so anyway i digress so but there's like just one like um where the fort used to be you know the old fort i guess and not just military but like old fort like maybe when the spaniards came over or whatever but there's these it's so weird hard I'm trying to describe it it's like like a jail almost it's you but there were the old cannons and the cannonballs were in there and stuff and but you can kind of see through the bars well I go ahead and I kind of lean in and you can hear the clanging, like the activity of the old day where there's like clanging of a metal and just, you know, activity. I'm like, Dean, do you hear that? He was like a little, I was like, peer in, listen. So he hears it, but we don't think anything of it. So then we go back to the guy that works there and we tell them what we hear. And it was like, oh yeah, this is haunted. People talk about that all the time because this was at one time, I guess when, 
in the state of Florida, when people were coming over, that was kind of like their fort. So if anyone was coming, you know, they had the, the cannonballs and all that stuff ready. The, the um, God, what is that? Cannonball. Like the cannonball, you know, structures and everything. It was just... Right. I don't, know, I don't know if that's the right term, but basically, you know, you put the little ball in there and something, and you fling it over. Yeah, so oh, we're talking catapult, like catapult, a catapult or a trebuchet. Yeah, right. So yeah. there was, was like the actual cannon. There was that. So because you saw like the the little cannonballs stacked up like in a period. I mean, mm-hmm. pyramid. So you saw that all over the place. But to hear the clanging of chains and metal and banging stuff like that, it was just so mm-hmm. weird. And to be told, yeah, other people have heard that too. So I'm like. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. So That's, would you say that was residual energy? Yeah, that sounds residual. Like, it's not like you're going to see a ghost any second, you know, the spirit yeah. of somebody walking by. That's right. definitely residual because, I mean, that's what went on there. You had guys hauling cannonballs around and cleaning the cannons and getting the equipment ready and servicing it. And, you know, there probably were chains that they used to, you know, pull heavy loads or, or what have you or yeah. people in prison there shackled or, or whatever. So, yeah, that could definitely be residual activity. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to find that um, location because it's it's on the island itself, on Key West. So yeah. once I find that, I'll definitely um, send that over to you because it was That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So another road trip. Hello. I can see now. Yeah. Old girl. Pop- I was going to say, shout yeah. out. We're going to Key West. Heather, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you're coming with us. <laughs> Yay. As long as we can go pet all the kitty cats at the Hemingway house. I've done that. I've done that. I want to do that. I want to do that. Hey, I'm going to just say shout out that we're bringing Maria with too. Yes. That's that's Heather's cousin cousin and my friend. So yeah, we got to bring Maria with. And Shalane, yeah, Shalane too. Shalane was with Maria in New Orleans. We all shared our experience with Pandora. So. (laughs) Okay, now I kind of want to dress up like a mermaid for a ghost tour. For Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. I I didn't understand. Um, Okay, so I am going to tell you, here's my opportunity. This is one of my favorite. This is my party trick. Not party trick, but this is my uh, world famous haunted house that I lived in stories. It's four little stories. It's four experiences that add up to the, to the last one. So I lived in college. I went to school in Carbondale, Illinois at Southern Illinois university. Um, and I lived in a giant house. They had a predication that they did this a lot where they took big old houses and cut them up into apartments. And I, the two places that I lived were houses that had like parlors, like not the house that was haunted, but the other one that I lived in, our living room was this big round parlor by the front door that you could tell that was where the guests were supposed to be. And it had pocket doors that went to the rest of the house. But uh, I digress. So my house that was haunted, you walked up the steps and there was a porch. And on the main floor, you walked in and on the main floor, it was a three bedroom apartment with a bathroom. And then it had a living room, dining room and kitchen, like a shotgun all the way through. And it was big rooms. Now downstairs in the basement was an apartment for two guys. And upstairs, there was two studios where they cut the bedrooms in half and made two studio apartments. So that it was all cut up into pieces. Um, We had a door in our hallway that had stairs that led to a basement that was then bricked off because that was where their apartment was. And everybody used to joke before even the ghost stories happened, don't open that door. It's full of crap and a ghost. That was the joke. But it was like where the landlord had just thrown like I know it was boxes and junk and crap in there so we never opened that door 
So my first experience, and no one had really discussed this. Um, by the way, this house was the theater girl house, and it just rotated girls in and out. So someone mm -hmm. would live there, they'd move out, another one would move in, another one would move out. So it was different sets of three girls all the time. So my first experience <clears throat> in there, I'm in my bedroom. And I was the only one home. It was in the morning. I was getting ready for school. It was the 80s, which means I had to curl and spray my hair very large because that's what we did. So I'm looking in my mirror in my bedroom, and I had my curling iron on a windowsill to my right. And um, I would pick up the curling iron, curl the hair, hold it, spray it, take the curling iron out, put it down on the windowsill, and look back in, and then tease, right? That was the process. Right, right. And the window... I picked up my curling iron, went like that, and someone just in that moment, someone bam, 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 banged on the window from the outside. Yeah. Which I thought was somebody being funny. And so I was like, that's weird. And I looked again and I did it again. And then it just went, did it, did it, did it. it was like a little quiet vibration. I'm like, all right, who the F is out there? So I had my clothes on, my hair was half done. So I walked outside, walked down my porch stairs and came around the side of the building and never paid attention to the fact that even though I feel like we were on the first floor of this house, from the outside, the, that window was technically about 10 feet up. Right. And I went, huh. And I don't see anybody. And I'm like, well, you could, who did that? And I'm like, you couldn't, no one can bang on it. So I was trying to be scientific, like, mm -hmm. you know, and go, well, who, and I don't see anyone. And I came back inside and I started curling my hair. And as I sat there, I thought, nah, I don't like this at all. And I just packed up my shit and went, I'm good. And I left. Cause I was like, <laughs> that was too weird. Yeah. So that was the, that was the first experience. Yeah. The second experience was, um, we had a party and wait, nope. The pencil came first. Okay. So, we came home and I, I was with my now husband at the time, my boyfriend, we came home and there was a bunch of people over. And so we were all sitting in the living room. Heather, my roommate was sitting on the floor, cross-legged. It was a rectangle. So she was sitting on the short end of the rectangle facing us. We had a couch on all three sides. There was couches on all three sides of the rest of the room. Two people were sitting on the couch on one side two here, two here. And we were all talking to each other and we were going to play Pictionary. And Heather was sitting on the floor. She had the box open and she was getting it ready. And she starts complaining about, I don't know who takes my box and takes my stuff and doesn't put all the, the, the pencils back. You guys, there's, there's a pencil missing. She's going on and on and on about the pencil. Pencil mm -hmm. is missing. And we were all like, somebody was looking at each other. We were all looking at each other. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see it, but I didn't see it straight on. The pencil fell out of the air like this, just fell. And she was That's... like, all right. Who... And she goes, who threw this at me? Who threw That's it? Who's cool. And everybody to this day, 30 years later, 20 years later, I don't even know how long. If we talk to each other, if we see each other, if we message each other on Facebook, whatever it is, we're like, you threw it, right? And uh -huh. they're like, no, I didn't throw it. I'm like, you threw it, right? <laughs> like, we still are trying to get someone to admit the fact that someone threw that pencil. And I'm pretty sure no one threw that pencil. I'm pretty no. sure that pencil just showed up. So that was the second one. <laughs> the third one, a couple months later, we're having a party. And there was three girls that lived in the house, me, Heather, and Tracy. And the rule was, because we used to have, this was, the, like I said, it was the theater house. So we had huge parties, huge. So the rule was one roommate 
had to be in each of the main rooms and we had our bedrooms locked off. But so someone had to be in the dining room, someone had to be in the living room, and someone had to be in the kitchen. I was up in the living room and through the din of a hundred people, I hear a crash near what sounded like something fell in the sink all the way in the kitchen. And I was like, whoa. And poor Tracy, who was our newest roommate and the least, she knew the theater people the least. And I'm like, ah, crap, I better go regulate. So I went in to see what's going on. And Tracy is holding a piece of two by four that has been stained brown. Mm -hmm. And it's about, I don't know, three, four, three feet long, two by four or one by four piece of wood. And she's holding it in the kitchen and everybody is dead silent in the kitchen looking at her. And I'm like, the fuck is going on in here? And she goes, this just fell into the sink. And I went, okay, great. So I'm like thinking the molding fell off. So I look up and that's when I look around and realize for the first time, because there is no molding in the kitchen. And I look up and there's no drop ceiling. The only It's a solid ceiling because this is an old house. It's right. a solid ceiling. And I'm looking, I'm like, cabinets? Did the cabinets? I'm like, well, the cabinets are way over there. Nope, nothing came off the cabinet. I'm like literally going through every... And we came to... They were like... And everybody in there was like, dude, that just fell out of the air. Like, they swear wow. it fell out of the air. So I don't know where the wood apparated from. I mean, it wasn't like there was, like, I would have, no- we would have noticed that there had always been a piece of wood stapled to the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. So that was the third one that now everybody says this place is haunted. Now there's, you know, three. So the last and final one is the weirdest one. And this is the one that actually made me go, I think it's time to go. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The, the random piece of two by four falling into the sink would have had me going. Yeah, it was, I mean, that was weird. You know, but in the fall, so nothing, no, it was in the summer. So that was in like, I'd say March. And this, the next thing that happened was in like July, uh, June, late June or early July, somewhere in there. So Heather and Tracy graduated and moved out. My two roommates were not coming in until September and I was by myself for the summer. So I had two more theater people that were going to sub out for the summer to do summer stuff. So the day that Tracy and Heather moved out, they both moved out on the same day. They're moving all their stuff out the doors and everything. And I'm, you know, we're sad and bye-bye and everybody's out. And then at the same time, um, my friend Ross was moving into the back room, which was Tracy's room. And my friend Lisa was moving into the front. And so everybody's moving around. There's lots of chaos. And the thing with Ross was Ross was moving his stuff in and then he was going home t- for two weeks before he came back for the summer semester. So his room was going to be shut. He was just getting his shit in there to get it out of the place. So everybody's settled and Ross's boyfriend at the time, my buddy Jim was over a lot. And in the middle of all that, my waste paper basket from my bedroom disappeared. Oh. And I was like, I can't believe that they took my waste can. I'm like, who took that? And I was like, did they borrow it to wedge the door open or something? And I'm looking around. I'm like, I can't believe that someone, and I asked Tracy about it. And I, could, I don't know why I couldn't get a hold of Heather. But I asked Tracy, I'm like, did you take my waste can? She goes, why, why the fuck would I take your waste can? I'm like, I don't know. It was this big, you know, and it was pink and it was gone. And so it was just a weird thing out of my bedroom. Like, why would you walk into my bedroom when you're moving out of yours and take my waste paper can? It was gone. So. Fast forward a couple of weeks, Jim is over and he goes, you know, 
Ross comes back tomorrow. Wouldn't it be cool if we just went in his room and like got his sheets out and got his um, bed spread out and like just made his bed or like just kind of unpacked him a little bit so he'd feel a little bit more welcome when he came home. Now, mind you, for the two weeks that he was gone, the door was shut. And the reason why the door was shut is because we had an air conditioning unit and we had to pay for it. So we were only going to air condition who was in there with one, you know, so it was shut. So I'm like, okay. So it was like seven o'clock at night and I opened the door to the bedroom. And the first thing I noticed when we turned the light on is white spots all over the carpet and the mattress and the, like, you can just see white spots everywhere. And we're like, what is that? It looked like someone splattered paint Mm -hmm. all over the room. And then I noticed straight in front of me, like, can't miss it. It's literally sitting in front of my eyeballs on the other side of the room is my waste can sitting on the floor. Mm. And I went, well, Heather did. Oh, no, Tracy did have it. She must have used it to prop the room open and forgot and left it in here. And I just never looked for it. And I went to pick up the waste can. And inside the waste can was a dead black crow. A crow? A black crow. So was that bird crap everywhere? Everywhere. There was Uh, bird poop everywhere. Now, how in the hell that bird got in that room? Because you can't tell me that we wouldn't have missed like a 10-inch giant black crow flying into our house while they were moving. We would have seen that. Well, and then probably like flapping around in the room and calling. How did I not hear a dying crow for two weeks nope. trying to get out of the room. Nope. No. I looked, we looked in the closet, we looked at the ceiling, we looked in the windows to see if it got in, like again, scientifically. And why did it land in my garbage can? It didn't just die on the floor, it died in the garbage can. And why was the garbage can right where I could see it in eye shot? That, I swear to fucking God, that was a message that I don't like you. Yep. Get the fuck out of my house. That's it's cool. time yeah. for you to go. Mm-mm. yeah all right point taken <laughs> that that now yours was intelligent that's intelligence to me that's an intelligent haunting that's crazy yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah and so like like do you think the bang like to me the banging on the window was aggressive right i think the crow was super aggressive yeah i'm not so sure about the pencil and the wood because the wood was in the middle of a party i don't know if if, so I don't know if there was two spirits and one's kind of fun and the other one's not having it. Right. Uh, you know. And now I will say, I, I definitely think the window was to get your attention and the pencil was trying to be helpful and the wood in the sink. Um, maybe it wasn't happy with there being a party. I, I don't know. Now the crow, I wonder, was it aggressive or was it, okay, this sad thing happened and you know don't want you to have to look around for the stink so i'm just going to put this crow in a waste paper basket so it's the first thing you see so you can clean it up i don't i don't know i'm just glad your friend ross didn't come anywhere with a dead crow yeah that oh man yeah we 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 cleaned it up and then Jim, Jim refused. He was like, I'm not staying because Jim would stay at the house because his place didn't have any air conditioning. So he would stay at our house because we had air conditioning. And he was like, I'm not staying here. And he left. So he left me alone. 
in the house. So, um, so, but when, when I know I made it about another month, I can remember the, the night that I decided Ish came back and Ish was living in a, um, in an apartment off campus, uh, not an apartment, just off campus housing. And we had gone to see of all fucking movies at the drive-in. We went and saw the exorcist three. Good choice. Um, and I came home and we were, and he was there with me and I was laying there and I just felt I had too much of like their spirits and, and something and the exorcist. And I was like, that's it. I got to go. And I broke my lease and we moved Yeah, and I was done. That was it. Like it really like yeah. scared the crap out of me. So, well, and I can understand because crows are such intelligent creatures and you would think that, you know, if it was trapped in there, you would have heard it. You would have known about it. And right. so, to me, yeah, that that is a little bit menacing. In that, it's like, well, and to tie a, it in, yeah. if you recall, we talked last time. We talked about this, or no, last week you weren't here. We talked about the stand. Yeah, Stephen King's The Stand. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. he could turn into a crow, right? The devil. Yeah. So there was all of that with me where I'm like, uh-uh, mm, 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 out. So yeah, so yeah. that that was my my college experience with my haunted house. And luck, knock on wood, I haven't had like spirits bother me since then. So um, <laughs> spooky, spooky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy. Definitely. So, crazy. So right now I'm going to go ahead and just, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, but before I do, again, Heather, please tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, whether it's to investigate uh, a possible paranormal experience, um, any tours or information on your books. How can they get a hold of you? Sure. My email address is heather at a futureghost.com. And my website is a futureghost.com. And um, when you go to my website, you'll see on the right-hand side where you can click to order signed paperback copies of my book. You can also see where you can order it off of Amazon as a Kindle or a paperback, Barnes and Noble as a paperback or a Nook, et cetera. You know, you can order it off of um, the Apple store on your Mm -hmm. iPad. Um, And then there's also my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm even on Pinterest, guys. So come join me. And so that's how you can get a hold of me. That's how you can purchase it. That's how you can find me. And, and one thing, just to kind of interject, if nothing else, I'm going to tease you with this. On her website, she has written her obituary, but her obituary is so nicely written. I'm just going to tease you with that. So you have to go to the website. I'm not going to give you any more information about that. And of course, about us, make sure that you follow Old Girl Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Check out our new YouTube channel. Um, podcast girl on Twitter and if you want to go ahead and send us a little love note be sure to email us on oldgirlpodcast at gmail.com yay I want to thank everybody for listening cheers to your new book cheers to Halloween Mm. thank Mm. you cheers everybody here's here's for our viewers by the way here's my Halloween shirt for the day resting witch face there you go love it Um, so here's the thing we are not done with the Halloween season why because we don't play any rules and just because October is going to be over with we are going to talk some more next week because we have more fun stuff to talk about we are going to talk about scary 
scary movies because it doesn't have to be Halloween to watch a scary movie. You want to cuddle up now that it's getting chilly, cuddle up with your blanket and watch a scary movie, watch a, t a scary TV show. I will shout out that uh, next week we're going to talk about Ratchet because somebody finally finished it. La, la, la. I know, Shalane. I haven't told you that yet. So we can talk about... I know. We'll talk about Ratchet and our favorite uh, uh, scary stuff. Also, um, I might throw in a couple stories from working at a costume shop for several years during Halloween and the adventures I had there. Uh, talk about trick-or-treating, our candy, because everybody's going to have the candy next week. Let's talk about our favorite Halloween candy and parties. So much more Halloween next week just to, like, wrap things up for um, our, our spirited season. Uh, until then, again, Heather, thank you so much for hanging out with us again. Thanks for having Good me. Good luck with your book. I can't wait to go on your ghost tour next spring. Maybe we'll have her on next summer. We'll talk about more ghosts next summer. Until then, love you, Shalane. Love Cheers, you. everybody. Bye. Cheers.